0: Hello everybody, Editing Robert here. Just want you know, we used a brand new setup and software system for this episode. There are some audio glitches, particularly uh, with my microphone. I think it recorded the desktop audio over the mic audio for some reason, so our apologies for that. We will fix that over the next week or so. Please bear with us as we're troubleshooting the new system. Once we fix that, it is going to be amazing audio, amazing quality for you guys. Um, So we're really excited about that. And over the last 18 days, it's been incredible. From Shane, Brandon, and I, thank you all for listening over the last month or so. It's been an absolute grind. We really enjoyed bringing these pods to you. And we can't wait to continue doing them as we continue our road to the Super Bowl. Enjoy the podcast, everybody. And we will see you all soon. All right. Welcome to the Sports Eats Los Angeles Chargers podcast. I'm your host, Robert Slosi. Joined as always on Sunday by Shane and Brandon. How are you guys doing today?
1: Pretty doing damn pretty good. good. Doing... yeah. I uh... another interesting day of football. Um... <laughs> First, I want to uh, give a quick shout out to uh, our buddy Joseph Watson, who uh, unfortunately passed away over the weekend, but. Um, he was a listener of the show from time to time, so, um, you know, just want to, want to give him some love and to his family and everyone else affected by it before we started, but, um, yeah.
0: For sure, for sure. Uh, we are, after about two minutes of complaints in our Instagram DMs, we decided to shift to Streamlabs. We are recording this through Discord. Uh, This is sort of just a test run. I can probably do some up-converting with the audio or whatever, but let us know how the audio sounds. Uh, It should be better when we don't have to take millions of breaks, as Shane mentioned earlier. Um, But uh, (laughs) let's get started. I'm going to start with... um, The main thing I want to start with, really, is this Patriots offense. Because, Shane, you might have some context to this. I feel like it's exactly the same offense that Tom Brady ran... It doesn't do anything unique or special, and that's what hurts them against a team like the Miami Dolphins. What are your thoughts on that?
1: The The only difference is that it doesn't have, you know, one of the greatest players to ever play this game running it, um, if not the greatest, you know. And, I mean, that's, I, I think part of it, too, is, the lack of talent that they now have. I mean, they got Juju, who's, I think, a fairly underrated wide receiver. But, you know, other than that, it's it's a lot of um, Nikhil Harrys and just, like, you know, very much C-minus guys. No offense to them, I'm sure they're lovely people. Um, so, yeah, it, it's just, they, they just don't have... They just don't have that spark, you know, they don't like they're fine, but they can't really, um, you know, they can't like turn it on if they need to. You know what I mean? Um, And really kick into another gear. So, uh, yeah, it's I can't say I was expecting them to be a whole lot better this year, but, (laughs) um, (laughs) you know, let's just say they are living up to expectations right now.
0: Brennan, your thoughts on that disgusting heap of particularly the second half of this football game?
2: It's it's like yeah, like uh, the Patriots as a whole always find a way to make these th- See, like, they always make good second half adjustments. Like, they, they, they always seem like a team that's down and out by the end of the first half, and then the second half, there's just a switch that flips. I mean, uh, you know, uh, but it's funny how they're 0-2 because they could easily be 2-0. and their but their defense has had to do way too much work for them, and their their offense is just it's it's just like they're always it it seems like we're talking about this every year since Tom Brady left. In a lot of these games, it feels like they're just a a, a couple you know a few plays away, a few mistakes away from putting together a a decent football game and a decent like a competent offense. It just feels like every time we watch this team, it's the same result. It's it's. It feels like a slog. It, it feels like it's it just, it's not fun to watch. But their defense, you know, has to completely overcompensate for pretty much the lack of offense and the, and the offensive star power that they have. You know, we always said for years when Brady was there, oh, it's Belichick's system. Well, Brady proved once he left. Brady was the reason the system worked. Brady was the system. Uh, because, I mean, Belichick. And that offense without Brady there is is a mediocre team at best. And it's just, it just feels like they never, it doesn't matter who, you know, is is who the receivers are, what Mac Jones does or what he doesn't do. Uh, it just feels like this, this offense is just, it's it's just, I feel like I'm banging my head against the wall watching them play because they're, they're insufferable to me. Um
0: I guess this leads me to an overall question that I'll ask both of you. Um, but I'll start with you, Brandon. List the teams that bang your head against the wall today and last week. Like what is the what is the list that for two weeks these teams have made you bang your head against the wall?
2: Vikings, uh Patriots, Chargers, sorry, Chargers fans. Um uh who else? I mean I feel like I mean, they haven't played yet this week, but I feel like the Steelers would be the same thing. So I'll, I'll throw the Steelers in there for now. Um, who else can I put in there that's it's like that? Uh, I mean, there's a, there's a bunch of teams. I'm just blanking right now, but those are at least four off the top of my head that are just. make yeah. me want to vomit when watching them. Um, God, now I'm like trying to think. I have to like go back and look. Uh, so you said, you
0: said Vikings.
2: Vikings, Patriots, Steelers for now, even though they, they haven't played week two yet, but but I just feel like they're not gonna change. And uh and what was the last team I said? Uh the I said one more. Uh oh, Chargers? God, or no? Chargers. Yeah, Chargers, Chargers. Yeah those, yeah, ones, yeah. those are four of them and I'm sure that there's more that I'm I'm missing right now. But those are the four biggest ones this week that I'm just like, wow. These teams are just like they don't learn. And you know what's funny? They all have common mistakes. There's all a common thread with them. The code the coaches don't know how to coach, or or their systems are <laughs> stale, or or they just the offense just can't put together consist. There's no consistency with the team in general. Out of all those teams,
0: Shane, what's
2: like your list so thing. far? Uh, I
1: would say them. It really is. It's all the teams that have the talent to be good and, you know, actually do something, but they just.
2: I feel like these teams lack direction. That's the problem.
0: Yeah, I think that's a good thought. Lacks direction. Um... For me the Vikings bang my head against the wall, the Eagles do as well. Um, yeah. I would say But I give them a
2: I give them a, I give them a pass though, just because it's a new coordinator. It's two new coordinators. For now I give them a pass.
0: That's fair, it is week two. Chargers. Um I throw in the Chiefs after today. Yeah.
2: I was gonna okay, say the yeah, Chiefs. Yeah, yeah. Uh,
0: And, yeah, Patriots. I don't even think the Patriots put my head against the wall because I don't think they're that impressive. Uh, That would kind of be my list, I would think, right
2: now. Yeah, I was hesitant to throw the Chiefs in there because this was the first game back with Kelsey, although nothing changed. They look just as bad as they did last week.
1: That's why... Oh, and the Bengals.
2: Oh, the oh, we forgot about the Bengals. Yeah, that's what I was forgetting. See, I knew there was more. I just couldn't remember. Uh, let's talk because... about the
0: Bengals because I think the Bengals are the number one throw-your-head-against-the-wall, beat-your-head-against-the-wall angry football team. Go ahead, Brandon.
2: Where Where do I start? <laughs> it's, it's like, oh, my God, the offensive line is still a mess. That's never changed. Joe Burrow is – it feels like he's lost – Jamar Chase has done nothing. Uh, I mean, it goes it goes on and on and on. Like like it, like they have so much star power, especially in their. They have arguably, you can make a case arguably the best wide receiver room in football. They have a good running back. They have what what we thought coming into the season was a top five quarterback, but now he's dealing with another injury. Now he's dealing with inconsistent play. It seems like, I mean, you wouldn't, I mean, Joe Burrow, whether he wins or loses, Joe Burrow is still the coolest customer, but it's like, it seems like when he loses, he just, it's like when he loses, he loses bad. Like these aren't like, these games are not like, like, it's, it's not like when you have a, a a shootout kind of game, the losing quarterback still looks good or whatever it is. He looks awful. Like, like Joe Burrow you know, we we were talking about this guy last year, along with Jalen Hurts and Patrick Mahomes being an MVP candidate. We have not seen Joe Burrow like an MVP candidate these two weeks at all, and it's or Mahomes, yeah, or Mahomes, or really Hurts, really, really all those three. Or, guys. Well, that, that yeah, one. I mean,
1: Hurts looks the best of the three so far, but yeah, but, but, but yeah. it's like,
2: yeah, but it's like, but it's like watching watching the Bengals, like. This feels like watching the Carson Palmer Bengals. Oh my God, that's such
0: a good comparison.
2: comparison. This, that's a fantastic like comparison. It feels like I'm literally watching the Carson Palmer-led Bengals, where it's like, my God, what are they going to give you every week? You don't know, and and then and, and more often than not, it's more bad than good. So it's, it's, it's like, oh, uh, it's just uh, like the I, I can't even look. I can't even form. Two proper sentences together, because the Bengals make my head hurt, and it's like I, I don't know how they fix it. Especially because, like, like I was just saying before, Joe Burrow now has a nagging calf injury. That's what they're saying. Uh, I mean, that's he definitely can, he can't afford that as a quarterback. But you can't afford. I mean, like, especially for you, you take him out, then that offense, which is already bad, becomes. Worse, like way worse. Like this becomes a a Cardinals terrible situation. Like it's 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 just such bad football right now, and it's 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 insane because especially you know you, you play a division game uh, this week, um, but well actually two division games. They lost two. That's the worst part too. You just lost two division games. So. If they don't figure this out, like it's different last year when they started off slow, but when you when you start off slow like this, like last year's slow, you know the Bengals still looked okay. It was it was just you know kind of figuring things out as the season started. It was like just a little bit of growing pains as the season started. This type of slow is like unacceptable for a Joe Burrow led Bengals team with that much star power on the offense, and basically a team that played really well last year, even defensively. It's it's just it's not good football really on either side right now, and especially I mean, for how much
1: better the AFC is getting.
2: Yeah, and that's a big problem too. Yeah. yeah, it's 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 just bad. And like you know, like it's it's one thing to be zero to, and like I'm gonna keep saying, but you're zero 2 against your division also. So you're in the you're in a me- Like we always say, you know, we won't know how these teams are until Thanksgiving. If the Bengals don't wake up, their season's gonna be done next month. That,
0: that's so. the thing you and I talked about earlier on in the day. It's like we talked about this last week, where it's like the, these teams like that are and 2 or are struggling in certain areas. We're like, okay, you know, it's 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 week one. It's really early. But then what's end up what's gonna end up happening is with the Bengals is it's two weeks. It's divisional opponents. It's not that they look slow. It's that they just look really really bad, and it's very alarming. It's just a different type of alarming.
1: Yeah, I know it's. I was gonna, you know, because I was thinking it's like, well, they've they started off slow the last two years, and you know they made conference championships in both of those years. So, like, I wasn't, you know, initially I wasn't that concerned, but then I was really looking at it. I was like, this year though, they look a lot worse in this zero and two start than they did the last two years. You know? I uh, I don't know. It's I can't quite put a finger on what's going on yet, but it doesn't look great right now.
0: I don't know if this team looks a lot worse, but they certainly look bad in the fourth quarter and it's the LA Chargers. Get rid of Brandon Stanley. I don't have anything else really <laughs> to say about it. I, I don't like like yep. thing yep. I'm just trying to comprehend First two things you you have have to comprehend comprehend is, one, how the Titans played the last two weeks. Titans played the last two weeks. Ryan Tannehill threw, like, four picks last week against the Saints. (laughs) Didn't throw (laughs) him. Their cousin's cousin? Yes. maybe I think he maybe threw one pick today. I have to look at the specifics. But he was sacked five times. And you're telling me you still can't win that game? Were they perfect on offense? No. Joshua Kelly didn't get the ball enough. But hey, you still have Kenan Allen. You still have a uh, healthy Mike Williams. Thank God at this point. And it's just like they—they they don't know how to. It's—it's. It's, I've never seen a team. And Shane, you and I have talked about this for years, but I've never seen a team just know how to play, call, and figure out a game well for three quarters. And in the fourth quarter, it's like that. Those other three quarters never existed.
1: Yeah, I mean, one well, just. It's rare that you see a team with this much talent look so lost, you know? I mean, it's, it may who knows? Maybe it's a chemistry issue in the team. I highly doubt it, but, <laughs> I, I mean, I, like we've been saying, it's, you know... Just see, it seems like it boils down to bad coaching. And I mean, I certainly think that's the case. I've been saying it ever since this hire happened. I, I never thought he was even, I never thought Brandon Staley was even a good coordinator. So I thought he was a very odd choice for head coach. And, you know, I'm not always right. In fact, most of the time I'm not, but I I would like to say I was very correct about that. Uh, (laughs) So, uh, I don't know. It, yeah, I, I don't know why. Really, I just don't understand why they didn't go for Sean Payton, because it was well known that he wanted to go there first and foremost, and then Denver was sort of like a backup plan, Um or even plan C. Um But, you know, he and we'll talk about Denver in a minute, but you know, I think he would have been much better for this team than Brandon Staley certainly is. And, um, you know, if he had, I mean, Justin Herbert, in my opinion is a top five quarterback when it comes to talent. And, um, so, you know, I, I think given that we've seen what, Sean Payton can do with top five quarterbacks, Drew Brees. Um, And so, you know, it's like, why couldn't you do that again with with Herbert? Um, Obviously a very different player than Brees, but still a good player who's very smart. Um, But they didn't. They didn't do that. And now he's at their division rival. So, you know, do what you will with that.
0: I just... I watched that game today and I was just like, uh, I'm confused, but I'm also not like they don't (laughs) seem to. They one week, they had a bunch of this firepower at offense. And of course, they lost in the fourth quarter today. They almost played to the Titans level for most of the game and still lost in the fourth quarter. Like it's I'm I'm sorry to all you Chargers fans listening to this Chargers Chargers podcast, but this is probably probably going to be the the same conversation for the next two months. months. I just don't see <laughs> this conversation changing for us much at all. Brandon,
2: your thoughts? You know what's the worst part about this? The Chargers' defense allowed Tannehill to have an eighty-three percent completion percentage today. Yeah, yeah their, their secondary
0: is abysmal.
2: abysmal. That's th- like I-, I don't care who you are, Ryan Tanne- like Ryan Tannehill. I don't care if he throws for a hundred yards, if he throws for five or five hundred, to have an eighty-three percent completion percentage. To give up an 83% completion percentage. so for him to go 20 to 24, I mean, Chargers defense is, is not great, but for him to go 20 to 24, basically, for him to have almost similar stats to Justin Herbert today is awful. That's yeah. awful. Like, Herbert was 27 to 40, uh, 27 to 41, 305, and two TDs. Tannehill was 20 to 24, 246, and a TD. And then Dark Henry had Derek Henry had the other one. And if also if you would have told me before the game that Derek Henry wouldn't have a hundred rushing yards, I would say, oh yeah. Chargers win by like, you know, 14, right?
0: 14. 17? 14, yeah.
2: Like, no, they lost by three in OT to the <laughs> Titans. Like, it's it's so bad. It it, it like I mean I, I cannot like I'm sorry, Chargers fans, but your team's unwatchable. I mean, you know that, but your team's unwatchable. Unwatchable.
0: Uh, You're going to unwatchable. They're un-
2: unwatchable because this is the same thing every year, and especially under Brandon. It's standing. certainly it's frustrating. Same, it's the same thing every year. I can't like. I don't care if the games are entertaining. When you know your team is either gonna is gonna play down to competition or lose a shootout because your defense is terrible and your offense sometimes can't get it in gear, even though you have Justin Herbert. That that's just it's, it's it's atrocious football. Like I I Justin Herbert, I love that man. Duck for life. But at the same oh, time, yeah. he he needs out. He needs out. The, the, Justin Herbert does not deserve this. Like that like it, it's it's absolutely crazy. Like and the receivers, I mean the two top receivers, Keenan Allen and Mike Williams, didn't have bad games. I mean, Keenan Allen had a, had a, had a a buck eleven and two TDs. Uh you know, Mike Williams didn't catch a TD, but he had 83 yards anyway. Eight carries for 83 yards, so they didn't have a bad game. You know, as a duo, it's just, it's just nobody. The rushing, the rushing game was non-existent today. Which no one did dumb. a damn.
0: You have Joshua Kelly's your only running back. Use him.
2: How yeah.
0: complex is this?
2: Like you, you literally like 13 carries on 39 yards for your leading rusher. That's awful. Uh, I, I mean,
1: say. Herbert needs that. I'd say Staley needs out, and they need to, uh, you know,
2: well, they need to help the
1: guy that they just paid two hundred fifty million dollars.
2: Well, you know why I'm saying it because, like, (laughs) because it's no, I I
1: know, I I hear you. Yeah,
2: like, but you're wrong. No, (laughs) (laughs) it's like, it's like I, I didn't like Brandon Staley last year. Watching him go for dumb fourth downs every single time that made no sense. So it's like it's it's the same thing. I feel like watching this year. I Man, I haven't wa- I haven't watched the Chargers. They're not. I'm not on the West Coast, but but you're, just you're by... seeing what
0: the highlights are. You're seeing what I'm telling you yeah, on the no, phone. Like and, it's yeah, very and, and clear I know it, that it's the yeah. same stuff.
2: And knowing and knowing what I know about the Chargers, I'm like, oh, I can just I can just I can look in a score. I can look at a box score and know exactly how they played. <laughs> like that's <laughs> that's like you know how box scores don't tell the story, but with the Chargers, it absolutely does. It absolutely does. So, Sadly, like, yeah, that, that's what—that's why I go to unwatchable. Not just because the the defense is terrible, but because you know, even by the box score, win or lo- win or lose, you know exactly how the how the Chargers played. And it's like it's it's just like it's it's just bad. Fo- they're bad football. Plain and simple. I, I can't think of a better way to describe it right now. I think,
0: I think I came, came up, up with the, the title, title for this podcast, podcast. Bad football dot, 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 yeah. Because yeah. That's, that's exactly what we've <laughs> seen for two <laughs> weeks. Um, <laughs> let, let's, let's, talk talk let's, let's talk about some more bad football. Let's, let's talk about the Denver, Denver Broncos. Broncos. Look, Russell, Look, Russell, Russell Wilson, hit Wilson hit that middle ground, Brandon, ground, Brandon as we, as we talked, talked about. He hit it. And, mm-hmm. yeah, they only lost by two. But they were abysmal offensively at points today.
2: Yeah. No, they were bad. Especially... And it also seems it also seems like it's been a theme now, especially in week two. Why are teams falling asleep in the second half of games? What is happening? Uh, Cardinals, you, uh, Cardinals. You, you, you had the <laughs> Eagles almost. You had the Eagles almost choking to the Kirk Cousin led Vikings. You had the Cardinals completely forgetting that they had a tank to do for Caleb Williams, and they said, "No, nah, no, nah, we're going back to that." Um. And then you had the Broncos just absolutely collapse, just forget how to play football in the second half, and and just Washington and Sam Howe ate them alive. So, it's it's like, I I mean, I guess these are the these are going to be the growing pains between Sean Payton and Russell Wilson because it got better this week. It's so they, they like I said, they, they, it was going to be slow because they. It's actually getting they had better. That's the thing.
0: It's getting it's, better.
2: It's getting better. But how much longer are Bronco fans going to wait for this to work? Like you they panned into the stands as fans were leaving late in that fourth quarter and every single Broncos fan looked depressed. Like like borderline, I'm gonna call a therapist and seek help. Depressed. Like it's it's like how much longer are we gonna have to wait for this to click? It's it, it, it did have points today, it did look better, yes it it did. But it's just it's not good enough. Like I mean the, the, listen this like and here's here's the thing like you look at that at that you know final score and you're like oh you know Washington must have came back you know must have been a really close game at the end it was not close in the fourth quarter
0: The game was, like, the wa- game felt like it was over in the middle of game the game Game
2: was over Yeah g- game was over it was it was over Washington was up by two scores Like it, it was it was bad it was like I mean, listen, Sam Howell. I'm trying to tell Giants fans this because they're still on their their high of we beat the Cardinals. Congratulations. Uh, but at the same time, I'm like, I'm trying to tell Giants fans this. I'm like, Sam Howell is the real deal. Like he he played. You know, there were times where he didn't play great. Early in that game was a little bit of a slog. But Sam Howell is each and every game is getting better. And it's 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 becoming you know. Giants fans think they have an easy win coming to them against Washington. They do not. Um, But in Denver's case, it's like, like I was just saying, it's it's getting better. But how much longer are they going to have to wait? I mean, defensively, they're still, they're still a mess a little bit. I mean, there's games where it's like, you know, their defense is holding them in. And I mean, for a while there, they had like, they only gave up three points. This was a 21 to three game at one point. And for it to just completely fall apart is is mind blowing to me. Even for a team like the Broncos, where you expect them to just fall apart, it's like n- not like that. I I don't know how else to really like describe it. It's it's just. I mean, Russell Wilson's getting better, but his completion percentage has nothing to write home about so far this season. I don't think. Uh, I mean, today he had a absolutely decent game i mean he didn't throw for a lot of yards we still had two tds completion percentage was good he almost ate 80 percent completion percentage uh but you know washington just like the thing is i i just i don't i don't like this trend now that i'm just seeing this week in general like i was saying with teams just putting their head down and thinking the game's you know over or it's like you know teams just falling asleep like this broncos game and i loved watching that bonus coverage at the end those last five minutes that was another problem I had with the Broncos offense. Where was the sense of urgency down 11 with five minutes left? There was none. There was there zero. Was none. Like, I-, I watched that, and I'm like, they know they have to score to stay in this game, right, whether it's a field goal or a touchdown, so why are they moving at such a methodical pace? The game's not over. It's not over if you just hustle to the line and get these plays off and go down the field. Like, get down the field. Why are, are they you going on mean? a
1: Sunday cruise?
2: That's what it felt like. And that's what it feels like watching the Broncos. Why is everything so surgical? If like, but surgical to the point of wanting to rip your eyes out. Like, it's. I will never. That was some of the, the clock management for the Broncos has always been bad, especially in Russell. Especially in Russell Wilson's tenure, it's been horrendous. Part of that's not him, but part of it also is. Uh, Tagged doesn't want to read a clock. Yeah, but but that. Well, yeah. But it's like I, I I will I swear that's gonna be a consistent theme. Where why is the offense? You know, because at this point, if they continue to build, okay, great. But at some point, you have to build to the point where you start winning games. Obviously, so if we're gonna you see do. this performance, so if we're if we're gonna see this performance out of Russell Wilson every <laughs> week, it's not good enough. It's because average
0: at best. That like it's if, aver- if, it's, if, it's if we see this in week eight, it's average at best. I'm it's boring.
2: pedestrian. It's 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 the definition of game manager. And while while they did let him cook a little bit today, it like it's it's like okay. They, they, now now I'm starting to see what we were talking about last week when we said he's a game manager. Now I'm starting to see it because uh, that's what this felt like again at times.
0: Shane, Is he I-
1: coming to Kirk Cousins? I think he
0: is, Shane. I think he is.
1: That's awesome.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, Shane, I'll have you go to the other side with Washington. Tell me about kind of your thoughts on Sam Howell coming out of college and what you've seen of him the last two weeks.
1: Well, you know, it's funny because you might remember this, but um, coming out of college, he was one of the only two quarterbacks in – was it last? yeah last year's draft that I was I don't even want to say high on but cuz I wasn't really like that impressed by anyone last year but, <laughs> but he was one of the only two who I looked at and thought yeah okay this guy might not be a bust um the other one, the other one was Kenny Pickett which um, Jerry's still out on that but um but yeah I, the thing that I The thing that I really like about Sam Powell is he he has the ability to be explosive and to be Superman, you know, but he knows that he doesn't always have to. Um, You know, he has a very high completion percentage. And he, you know, his goal is not to necessarily do the home run ball, but just get first downs, get touchdowns. Um, and he doesn't, you know, some of these guys are just always like trying to make a big play on their feet, which he can do that, but he doesn't always. I feel like he's pretty careful with, you know, how he chooses to run and. Um, yeah, I mean, overall, just not, not a lot of, uh, not a lot of turnovers either, With well, a couple of fumbles here and there, but, um, for the most part, you know, not, not too bad. And, um, yeah, I mean, this is the, what, the Sam Howell we saw in, College, I feel like, is very much the same type of player we're seeing now in the NFL. Um which is good. Because yeah, you know, that means his skills have translated well, obviously. So yeah, I'm excited to see what they keep doing with him.
0: Yeah, he definitely seems like an exciting player. Week one, I think he was still growing, but I have really enjoyed weekend in week two and threw the ball really, really well. Um uh, do, do we, we want to talk about the New York Jets? I guess we kind of have to. Do we want to even? I don't know if I'm I the want the
2: cowgirls. I'm gonna talk about the Jets and Giants enough in this area over the course of the season. <laughs> I, I, I am I'm, I'm so tired of talking about them already. They both suck.
3: Period. Um,
0: really quick, Brees Hall said that Brees Hall only got four touches, and he said, "I only got four touches. That's why we struggled." <laughs> Are you <Boy>. kidding me?
2: <laughs> why? <What? laughs> Are you telling me that the reason you lost is because you had four touches, or the reason you lost is because Zach Wilson doesn't know what he's doing between two of his eyelids? I was going to say, Zach Zach Wilson's your quarterback, bro. Get real.
1: Or is it because your defense allowed 40 points? Yeah. It's probably not that, but you know.
0: The thing is, your defense allows thirty points. If all uh, Brandon, you said this while we were watching the game a little bit. It feels like all Zach Wilson can do effectively is run the
2: football. Yeah, because he's actually lightning quick. He's he's actually really. Fa- I didn't realize how fast he really was. He is fast, but he's like my god. Like he's been in the NFL like way obviously way longer than Anthony Richardson. But Anthony Richardson is already a better quarterback than Zach Wilson. That's 100%. that's actually, like, that's bad to even say that. Why do you, why do you
1: think that is?
2: Because at least Anthony Richardson, like, I can Richardson, think of, like, Anth- can Anthony, think of
1: one good reason <laughs>
2: <laughs> like, coaching. Like, yes, and coaching. Coach. Yeah. yeah, coaching. But at the same time, too, it's just like Zach, Zach Wilson versus Anthony Richardson. Both are running quarterbacks, can't really throw. But at least Anthony Richardson has, a, has a, some semblance of how to throw a football versus Zach Wilson. <laughs> Like it's 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 bad. That's bad to say that a quarterback that's had a, pretty much a, a head start and is still is still struggling to make his plays as a starter in the NFL is already worse than a rookie starter who they said was a project coming into this season.
0: Uh, also, I don't. Not any... to
2: mention.
3: Continue, Shane.
0: Please
1: continue because this is a good. Uh, I was. I mean, I was just gonna say, like, you know. The Colts offense too is is just it's very well designed. I, I,
3: yeah. this
1: Shane Steichen Colts offense, which I mean, no surprise there. But my boy, <laughs> um, yeah, and so I think that definitely helps um, uh-huh. because he Where's really he? knows how to. How, yeah. How
0: do you? How do you? For what? What uh, Shane is doing with Andy Richardson? Why do you say it's well designed for him yeah. compared to a yeah. Zach Wilson, for instance? Like, what? What makes that offense so well designed for Anthony Richardson?
1: Because it plays to his strengths, and it. And it doesn't do. It doesn't force him to do things he is not particularly great at. Um, you know, for instance, there's a lot of. I notice they have lots of you know like tight ends and backs in motion picking up you know random blocking assignments that create these wide open lanes for him to run right through or when he is going to pass deep they will do a certain route combination that you know it puts it will put two defenders on one guy, and then leave another dude wide open, and they don't even realize it. You know, just things like that that really make the game a lot easier for a young quarterback, and especially a, a young quarterback who, with Anthony with Anthony Richardson, I think he's very talented. Obviously, um, but when he was in Florida, I did I never got the feeling that he was like the smartest quarterback. Um and I could be wrong. I mean, you know, but uh luckily the offense that they have here with him doesn't necessarily require him to be a genius. He just needs to be Anthony and be an athletic freak and use his great arm that he has. Um his you speed, know, so
0: his speed too.
1: Yeah, well, too. I mean, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So uh yeah, I, I think that's at least that's what I've noticed. Whereas like with Zach Wilson, it's just you know, it's an offense that um let's be honest, is probably designed for Aaron. And it's and you know no matter how good or bad Zach Wilson is, he's a very different player than Aaron. Um, Aaron is <clears throat> a lot less athletic I mean he used, he used to be pretty quick but not so much anymore and you know he is all about quick passes, quick releases you know intelligent play design so to speak whereas Zach Wilson is you know he's much more of a gunslinger he's a he just kind of runs around goes for the deep ball plays hero ball you know um which defensive coaches love that because they're like oh well yeah i mean they don't you know they don't have as good of an understanding of how to actually just make a good offense where you don't need to be superman every t- every <laughs> every play but yeah
0: To conclude on the Jets, Sauce Gardner got into a fight with a fan and deleted his Twitter account. Like, bro, what are we doing here? Like, this is this is great. This is ridiculous.
2: Sauce 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 to me seems like he's starting to get into a sophomore slump, where it's like he's not playing as well as he should, and he's also like now he's getting kind of you know his feelings are getting hurt, and now he's kind of as a young guy he's kind of letting the outside noise get to him. Obviously. So it feels like things are starting to snowball a little bit on him. He kind of just needs to get back to what he you know, learn from what he did last year. Every rookie, every young player that has a sophomore slump, unless they're god. Uh, but it's like it seems like that's what we're seeing from him. So, I mean, it's it sucks, but I mean, it's, it's story early. He he'll, you know, he's such a good corner. He'll figure it out. But yeah, but that, that alter that altercation was a little bit weird. Uh, but I didn't get a t- t- to t- see it
0: because he deleted it before I got a chance to even see it. Yeah, but yeah. Um, let's uh let's switch to their team. And now the Met Jets life. are
1: gonna go eat a goddamn snack.
0: Yes, they are. They're gonna eat a snack. <laughs> um, Brandon, uh, in your neck of the woods as well, the Giants. Um played a giant game basically and every yep. giant fan is going crazy over yep. beating the Cardinals who they should have come back and beaten anyway. Please go ahead.
2: Oh boy. It's oh god I I I'm gonna hear tomorrow. Oh we came back and won yesterday. Yes you did. But you also played a team that's basically the worst in football that is tanking, purposely tanking, and is and is literally like it's just not not competent in any way, shape, or form. Also, I part of me this is a bittersweet thing for me because you know Cardinals lost. I want to see them. I wanted to see them win because I I obviously hate the Giants. I mean, but. You know, but seeing Jonathan Gannon blow another game in Arizona made me happy.
0: Talk about what Jonathan <laughs> Gannon did today that you like, just didn't like.
2: I mean, I don't like the guy in general. Like, it's... He doesn't have a clue what he's doing, and I don't know why the Cardinals ever wanted to hire him in the first place. The guy has no clue how, it, literally how a football team should be run, period. Like, the... The defense is the same defense that blew it in the second half of the game against the Chiefs. Except the and roster it's the is same.
0: much worse.
2: Yeah, and and that's like that's that's even like so it goes to show you it's not the roster, it's him. And it's just it's it's the same defensive mistakes I saw in Philadelphia. Same thing. Getting too soft, getting a little too cute, uh, you know, taking taking the foot off the gas. Uh you know just just too much of that out of him and then obviously he's not he's not an offensive coach so for Josh Dobbs to even do half of what he did today was actually kind of impressive but you know that's not going to last True. long um but getting back to the giants giants fans you're one and one you're still last place in the NFC East i would i would not even talk if i were you you uh, got blo-
0: you got you got outscored in 6 quarters 60 to yeah, nothing
2: 60 to nothing so Giants, Gi- I saw to the oh Cardinals
0: to the Cardinals and the Cowboys. Please relax. I
2: mean Gi- I mean Giants fans uh, it's like they always say Eagles fans are bad, but at least we have half a brain. Giants fans will sober I mean listen, I get that they'll celebrate any win that, that 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 they get because for the past ten years they've been a poverty franchise.
0: But this is but, a poverty game.
2: Yeah, but this was also a poverty game. Like Giants fans, you have to realize Daniel Jones is still not a good quarterback. He's awful. Now, he's atrocious. Now, now you might be down. No, he's Saquon great. Barkley. He's making forty million dollars a year for a reason. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh god, you know, he's not great. Now, now you're down. Saquon Barkley for the Thursday night game, more most like more likely than not, uh, against the Niners, no less. So you're gonna you're gonna get the brakes beat off you by Brock Purdy and the Niners. Have fun. Um... And I mean, not not for nothing, but this team was 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 you know they pride themselves kind of on on having a decent defense. And McKinney got ran. He's a captain of defense. McKinney got ran over by Josh Dobbs. He got today stick. for a TB truck
0: stick in the first quarter. Like,
2: but like, but like, even the Giants' defense is non-existent now, and that was a big part of kind of how they played last year. Their defense was still was was pretty decent. Um. And, I mean, those guys, like Sexy Dexy, you know, Xavier McKinney, those guys are non-existent right now. Uh, nothing. The Giants do nothing well on either side of the ball. And it just feels like, once again, if Saquon Barkley is going to be your only offensive player, this can only last for so long. And sure enough, they beat him into the ground last year, barely got into the playoffs, and then we saw what happened. You know, Philly rant, railroaded them. Anyone who's going to railroad then,
0: them if they were half as good as the Cardinals were today. Yeah.
2: yeah. And then it's like, so it's like, uh, you know, Giants fans can beat their chest about this win. Well, listen, I'll let you have it. You know, that's cute. You know, that's cute, little brother. But, uh, and yes, I could say little brother. Even though you have two Super Bowls, the Eagles only have one. The Eagles have been better than you for the past 25 <laughs> years plus. So don't even go there. Uh, You have two lucky Super Bowls because the Patriots decided to lay down and die to your Giants. Uh, so, but I, I can go on and on, and on about, about my hatred. Like it's funny, I I don't have any problem with Washington, even though they're in the same division. But I have a problem with the Giants and Cowboys because the, at least Washington's fan base, like they're miserable, but they know it. The Cowboys could go zero sixteen, and Cowboys fans be like, "We're winning the Super Bowl this year." Oh yeah, sure you are. Sure you are, yeah, you're little Timmy.
0: Play on national TV. Sure yes. you are. Um, yeah. Um, Shane, we asked this question earlier. Well, Brandon and I were talking earlier when we asked this question. I'm going to ask you the same question. Do you think that anyone outside the owner, the GM, and the head coach agreed? How many people in that building do you think agreed to get Daniel Jones that contract? Be (laughs) honest. I just want to get a gauge here.
1: I I mean, did the three of them even agree? I mean,
0: I don't know. what okay my question is I'm... what if they did i'm giving you a world of what if they did
1: I, then they should all be fired i, I, mean, I what, what do you i don't know i mean that's just stupid <laughs> i i think uh oh god um <laughs> i it wouldn't surprise me if their owner i forget his name but Mar- um if he wa- Yeah, yeah if he wanted him. I, I feel like Brian Dable was probably on the no. <laughs> like, no side of it, if knowing him, but... Um, you know, I just don't get it. I mean, you don't... It's, it felt like they weren't totally sure if he was their guy. It's like they were leaning towards no, but then... They're like, oh, yeah, well, you know, we'll pay you 20% of our salary cap. It's like, wh- what are you, like, what are we doing? I, I mean, it's just, I don't know. It's, um, yeah, I don't get it. I, <laughs> I really don't get it. Uh, I think as long as, as long as he is there on that contract, they, you know, because c- if, if your quarterback is making that much, they got to be good because they have to be elevating the rest of the team. He's not one of those guys. He's downgrading
0: the rest of the team,
1: <laughs> right? Yeah. So I, you know, if as long as he is there making that money, they just they're not gonna. I mean, I have a hard time even calling them playoff contenders, um, despite oh, how not. Not despite how awful the NFC is.
2: Forget so. forget John forget John Mara. They need to let Rooney Mara run the team, and she's an American. She's an actress. Like, like that, like because because yeah. that 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 whole organization from top to bottom is atrocious. The only person that cares about winning in there is Brian Dable. The rest of them do not I, care. Or I was just gonna just say,
1: won. I not yeah, good. I think he was a good hire, but I, I feel know.
2: bad. I I genuinely feel bad for the guy. He actually shows passion and wants to win, and this team is yeah. just and that he couldn't he could not have inherited a worse team. To, to take over to, for someone like his, like that has his ability. Yeah. It's so bad. It's like gross. yeah, he can like he can fix Josh Allen, but at least the Bills had pieces there that were already good, you know, from the start that that he could build, he could you know and, can work with.
0: And really quick, Josh, Josh Allen had nothing. room to grow. Like he was getting close to the talent he he was under Brian yeah. Daniel Jones is not wasn't even is not even close to that.
2: Daniel Jones also once again tripped over his own feet today.
0: Yeah, he, like, tripped over his feet on the yes, stupid He's
2: Arizona. so clumsy. It's amazing how how some Giants fans think that paying him that. Like, I don't know many, but I've heard some say, oh, well, I love that we paid Daniel Jones. He's here for four years. Oh, so you love four years of misery? Are you a are you a masochist? You love four Once years again. of pain?
1: Once again, I'm living misery. <laughs> oh, my God. Not uh, me, but, you know. the Giants
0: fans. Um, yeah. You know, who else was in misery? Gino Smith. When, uh, the ref told him I'm, I'm, I'm talking to America here.
3: I'm talking to America.
0: Shane talking to America led to a Seahawks win and the Seahawks still played awful. And Jared Goff was probably the best quarterback of the day.
1: I mean, I wouldn't say they played awful, but at least offensively, they looked decent, but, um, Defensively, though, yeah they they have they have some room to work. That is for sure, or to improve. I mean, um, because it's, yeah, it's um, that's not great. <laughs> um, you know, I I was definitely you know last week the biggest surprise for me was that. Um, was that the Rams not only beat the Seahawks, but uh, just destroyed them. Um, you know, the Rams winning wouldn't have shocked me that much because um, they have usually beat the Seahawks in the, in the McVeigh era. Um, so, like, it wouldn't have been that crazy. But the fact that they beat them that much, I was like, whoa. Same thing this week. The big surprise for me was that the Seahawks won. I thought they were going to get killed, uh, um, but yeah. So I mean, I guess there's that. Um, another good thing was they definitely looked a lot sharper in the second half, um, which is rare for the Seahawks. They, like we were saying last week, it's you know, it's like Pete Carroll goes into halftime with his nine pieces of gum and says, all right, hell of a game, fellas. We're doing great. Let's keep going. Um, (laughs) but, uh, so anyways, um, yeah, it's, it's an interesting place where they're at right now to say the least.
0: It's not a good place. I'll say that.
1: No, not great. No, but,
0: um, on the flip side though, uh, one of my MVP candidates for some reason is Jared Goff, Brandon. I'm actually loving what I'm seeing from him.
2: Yes, I was just—you read my mind. Well, we talked about this, you know, during the early slate of games, though. But at the same time, I, I Jared Goff's my front runner. I mean, Tua did nothing to impress me tonight. That that would keep him in front. Like Goff's had had, I mean, through two—I mean, it's still or at least those still very, very small sample size. But through two weeks. Goff had the better completion percentage. He's had uh he's had a, what I think the better passer rating between the two. Uh I mean, you know, he's got four TDs just like Tua, but Tua has got two picks. He threw a really bad interception tonight to Christian Gonzalez. Uh but Go- Goff like we said this year the Lions, you know, we're going to be a team that's like, you know, uh, you know casual NFL fans will write off but people who know ball know the lions are are actually like they should have won this game. So this game's not not telling of who they are to me, but this team is still going to win that division. There's no doubt in my mind. Uh you know they're like Goff is the perfect quarterback for that team. They have nice, nice pieces. They've got Amon-Ra, they've got Josh Reynolds. Uh you know, the only problem with them, they seem to be, like, similar. I mean, well, they're, they're still better in some ways. But they have, like, a Chargers issue. They have two talent. Like, both teams have talented quarterbacks, but no defense. Both teams have, have a talented quarterback, two two very good receivers, and no defense. Except one team has a better coach. That gets, and this is why we say coaching matters. You get, them to, you get the players to buy into what the coach is selling. And and that's clearly evident in Detroit. And you look at the Chargers. That coach could not, just like Jonathan Gannon, could not fire me up to make a sandwich. <laughs> uh and it's like I. But Jared Goff is absolutely, and like I was saying, what last week, Jared Goff seems to just ha- have this like second win now of his career where he's he's better than he ever was. It, like the, like the. This version of Jared Goff we're seeing, could go to go toe to toe with anybody. He went he went toe to toe with Patrick Mahomes and beat him. I don't care that Kelsey wasn't there; it's Patrick Mahomes. Figure it out. Like you know, he went to. I mean, he did go toe to toe with Brady. I mean, that Super Bowl was atrocious, but still went. You know, he's gone toe to toe with great quarterbacks and beat or nearly beat a lot of them. So it's it's you know that Goff can play at a high level and now Detroit is finally giving him the chance to show it, and he's he's exceeding expectations. Goff is exactly what we thought he was going to be when he came out of college. It, it, finally, it feels like we're finally seeing the real Jared Goff. And Goff had a good start to his career. No doubt about it. But as the years went on, you know people thought, well, he's going to fade out of the league soon. And I heard a lot of people say that on, on social media especially. But Goff's here to stay. That, that team... It's funny after after last season in Detroit we said oh I remember I was having this conversation is Goff the future in Detroit right now he he is the the present and the future and Detroit has to be loving what they're seeing out of him I don't know how how what more you can expect from your quarterback Jared Goff's what they've been waiting for in Detroit and I, I, I I'm so happy that they're finally a competitive team. They're a, a good team. They play hard for their coach, and their coach loves the game. Like, there's not the Lions are so are a team that you ha- love like to root for because nothing bad about them. Despite CJ Gardner Johnson ma- wanting to be a villain so bad, because that guy just has <laughs> that guy just has massive villain energy, and I don't understand why he has a chip on his shoulder. I, I get why, especially after this off season, But like, you're not that guy, pal. You're not that guy. Like, you know... You don't like the ski like, masks? No. I I don't. That's a... I mean, Philadelphia was doing that before the line, before this now. So, it's like, you know, they want to make it seem like it's a, a new thing that CJ Garner Johnson's trying to get them to do, please. CJ Garner Johnson's way late to the trend. Ski masks have been done in the NFL for like 10 years now. Um, so, like, that's... That, that has no bearing on it, but... Final point: Goff is is, is golf is the is the the great hope for this team, and it's it's crazy. That I'm even saying that because I didn't I didn't think that when he when he first came to Detroit. But my God, does he look good,
0: Shane? Are we crazy that in a vacuum through two weeks, Jared Goff's for MVP? Just in a vacuum through two weeks.
1: Uh, no, uh, not necessarily. I mean, you know, I. I've told you guys I have five quarterback tiers, and my my third tier is the Kirk Cousins tier. You know, we were talking about that last week, like the all the different guys that kind of play like Kirk Cousins. And you know, at first, like in the Sean McVay era, and when Goff went through the Super Bowl and whatnot, he was like a tier two guy for me. You know, so, tier two being like not one of the elite talents, but definitely a franchise guy. But then, towards the end of his time with the Rams, I think for me, he kind of slipped down into the third tier. Uh, To me, he felt a little bit like like Ryan Gosling, Kirk Cousins. But (laughs) then, now, um, he's definitely back in two for me. Like, you know, this is definitely a guy that I mean, he's not, like, one of the elite talents, I don't think, but uh, you know, like Brandon said, he just he fits the team really well. And, and there's a quote from Dan Campbell. Um, and Sean McVay said a lot of this kind of stuff, too. Just people who have coached him in general. You know, Dan Campbell always talks about how the identity of the Detroit Lions is that they're they're tougher than you, you know. The biting kneecaps, whatever. As corny as it is. Um, <laughs> and, you know, the thing that coaches always say about Jared is not, oh, he's got the best arm, or oh, he's such a smart player. They always say he's the toughest kid I've ever coached. Yeah. That's what everyone says. And so, him being in Detroit, it fits like a glove with the with that Dan Campbell mentality that they've got. You notice
2: you know, how nothing. And, you notice how nothing phases him either. Right, he's he's, he's the yeah. same stoic guy on the sideline all the time.
1: Yeah, yeah, and he's yeah, <laughs> and he's. He's just yeah. He's like he's always just standing there, like all right, yep, here we go. Um, and he's not to mention um, his fiance is gorgeous, and he's just it, totally chill about it. She's like a supermodel, <laughs> and what? It, and you like you would never you know, know. You know how they um, met, right? No.
0: Oh, they met on uh, the the celebrity uh, Tinder. The, oh the private Lord. tinder
2: oh raya yeah is that what it's called yeah, yeah right. i didn't i didn't know i didn't know that was even a thing
0: <laughs> it is a thing
2: that's no, wild. hilarious shows you how much i know
0: um shows you how much disney knows about this double header on monday night uh we have to tackle this somehow saints panthers espn browns steelers abc anyone have thoughts
2: do we have do we have to talk about this? Are we are we is there a gun being held to our head?
0: I don't know. We finished Maybe. we finished, we finished off the our segments talking about Monday Night Football, and this is a terrible doubleheader slate.
2: The uh, you know, I, I the only reason I have to watch is because my fantasy team is projected to win by two now because Raheem Mostert went off for the Dolphins, so now instead of me having an easy win, I have to watch. I'm not saying, I have to watch, I have to see what Derek Carr does with the Saints. Against the Panthers because my opponent has Derek Carr, but he also has George Pickens. So I, I have I have to, and I'm going to be at work. So I'm going to be I'm going to be at a place that I already can't stand. Watching two games that I can't stand from four teams I can't stand. So tomorrow is going to be nothing. Like, like they say Mondays are the worst. Oh my God, this Monday is going to be the worst because I'm subjected to this. Uh, the, the, Sa- the,
0: Saints is, the Saints are the only team I'm excited to watch, but they're playing the Panthers, and they should smack them. If Brown Steelers doesn't end in a fight, then I don't. <laughs> I don't the what mean, are, we what doing are
2: we doing? Here? What are exactly? What are we doing here? This needs to end in an all-out brawl. I need to see Miles Gary go absolutely hog wild on somebody.
0: Uh, you know Mason Rudolph is still there.
2: So. Oh my God! <laughs> I I don't I oh boy. I was going to say I really hope Miles Garrett does not confuse Kenny Pickett from Mason Rudolph.
0: Uh, yeah, Mason Rudolph. Wow. <laughs> Shane, do you have any oh, any interesting thoughts about a really bad Monday night doubleheader slate <laughs> or semi doubleheader two games at once?
1: I mean, you know, I'll uh, uh I'm definitely looking forward to uh to, you know, Panthers Saints much more. Um just because I, you know, I like to see rookie quarterbacks and how they, how they fit in, you know, and just as they kind of grow and figure things out, and um, I'm a, I'm a Derek Carr guy, so, um, yeah, it should be interesting.
2: I haven't seen Bryce Young yet, so I, I, I that's actually kind of what I'm. Probably the one thing I'm looking forward to too, because I I have not watched one lick of the Panthers yet. I I so. have
0: seen I have seen enough of Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud to know that the reason why they're gonna have a bad rookie year is because the teams around them are terrible. The oh, offensive yeah. lines are just atrocious, and there's nothing there for me to say really until maybe week twelve or thirteen. Is is that how you feel about those two, Shane? Right now,
1: yeah, especially uh, especially C.J. Um, oh
0: yeah. Yes.
1: You know, uh, I mean, the, the you know, this is the uh, it's the Ohio State problem, and we were talking <laughs> we were talking about it a little bit last week. It's like these guys go to Ohio State and have NFL level talent, literally, around them, um, and then they just. And no, you know, no good defenses to go up against because it's the Big Ten, and uh, Big Ten's about <laughs> to get a lot better, but it has not been great outside of Ohio State and Michigan, um, and so, uh, yeah, so you know, then you get to the NFL where uh, you have a rookie, a rookie defensive head coach, and they just shipped out the only good receiver in Brandon cooks. Um, so they're like, well, um, yeah, you know, you had the best wide receivers in all of college. Um, now you have nothing and you have, uh, and you have to go up against, you know, Alabama's defense every week. Have fun. Bye. You know, it's that, that's what it feels like. And, um, yeah, I uh, yeah, I feel bad for the guy. To be honest with you, but um, you know, this is how things happen in the NFL, unfortunately.
3: Yeah.
2: That's what angers. That's what angers me about guys like people putting a lot of faith in, in Justin Fields. Because Justin. Oh, Fields, don't get
0: me started. I already messed up. I said that he was going to finish in the MVP voting. Ugh, he's not even getting close. I I
2: I, I told don't you, you wanna, you're out of your mind. I don't want to hear another soul. I don't... Mentioned Justin I, Fields.
1: I, I don't. I don't mean to say "Told you so," but um yeah. Anyways, you, you can say
0: it. You can say it. <laughs> like, that was an, that like, was an atrocious kidding. take. No, you can say it because I'm. I that that was an atrocious take, and I apologize to all of our listeners. That was a horrible I take. I,
2: I will never like. I'll never forget. One of my my one friend who was a Steelers fan said to me when Justin Fields came out of college, he's "Like I really like Justin Fields more than the other quarterbacks in this draft." I'm like. Justin Field is not good. How many times did that tell people this? Ohio State quarterbacks are not good. Like, it's Ohio State. Like, look at what Justin Field's had around him. And, right. like, look, look look at the receiving core, the receiver, especially Chris Olave. Um, uh, well, what's his face? Um, Harrison. Yeah, Harrison. Well, young Harrison. Um, uh oh my God I just blank oh yeah, yeah Olave Harrison uh I believe he also had Smith and Jigba didn't he I think so yeah uh, um
1: yep yep, yep. like but it's like thing? I will say but the list goes when, on uh, coming out of I I will say though coming out of college I thought that as well I thought I was like oh he's gonna be great in the pros um but then you know I but then I. Got a brain, and I was like, "Oh, wait." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Again, I think, I think, actually, actually
0: <laughs> I think the jury's still out on Stroud, but if this continues next year, we might have yeah. I mean,
1: opinion. yeah. I I mean, it's only two weeks in. I'm not gonna say, "Oh, yeah, he's a bust." Like, no, you gotta give him at least a year, maybe two or three, and then you can say like, that. Like, that,
2: that's that's yeah. the problem. That's the problem I have with Justin Fields. Like, even in college, I mean, he he his numbers. You know, they they look decent, but like to me, the guy was just never like I don't know what it is. His completion percentage is you know his completion percentage looks good, and everybody's like, oh, well, the completion percentage tells that he's accurate. It's like, well, I watched a lot of the games that he played, and like his once again, his receivers made him look better than what he was at Ohio State because he was not that accurate. If you look at where he was, where the ball placement was, he was not accurate. So it's like. It's I I I saw it when he played, and I kept telling people I'm like Justin Fields is not it, he's not it, and I that's why I was even hesitant when you said Rob about him being the MVP candidate. I'm like, or like a you know a a uh, what what did you say? Was it a dark horse or like candidate? Yeah. Yeah, like, and that's why everybody's like, oh yeah, here comes like the Jalen Hurts leap. I'm like, no, please stop. I, was, I, I
0: admit that I was wrong after two weeks. I 100% admit it. I watched like two games with this guy. Also, so speaking of rookie quarterbacks, I'm in on Anthony Richardson for the reasons that we've discussed, and I'm mm. officially out on Desmond Ritter. I'm out. Should, Fair. Should, is that a good take? I'm out on Desmond Ritter. I mean,
1: I mean not... I'm not quite yet. I don't, I mean, I don't love him, but like, yeah, I mean, he is, ultimately he's 2-0, and oh, you know, even though it's not been amazing, <laughs> I, I, you know, I feel like he hasn't held them back a ton yet.
0: I mean, um, yeah, no, I agree, but like Kyle Pitts never gets targets. Drake London got a touchdown today, finally. And so he's not finding the guys he needs to find. And part of that, I or actually a large part of that, I think, is coaching uh, with Archer Smith. But, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. See, I, I feel
1: but,
2: bad. I, I feel like yeah. a dummy. Why is that? Because I really thought Desmond Ritter was going to be decent in the NFL. And I, I, I like, I can admit, like, you know, it's hard when, you, when you're when you looking at quarterbacks around the same age and, you know, these guys coming out you're like, oh, I think this guy's going to be good, this guy's going to be bad, whatever it is. Desmond Ritter, I legit was, like, impressed by his, like, his senior bowl and his senior tape and him. Like, when I was looking at that senior bowl practice, he was the best quarterback out of all of them that were there, and that's including Kenny Pickett. Like, he was accurate on the money. Like, he looked like he was in real in real good command of, of pretty much everything around him was calm. I really thought he was going to be pretty good. But, and I still think he can be because he just, he does show flashes here and there. But it, it, I, then that's why I'm like, yeah, I'm thinking it's the coaching and the team he's on too. Like, but then again, I'm like, wait a minute. Well, they also have Drake London, Kyle Pitts, B. John Robinson. How much more help does he need? if he can't figure this out. So it's like, I I hate that he's not panning out right now just because I, it's like, I really thought that he was really good in college. And I I was looking at him like, oh yeah, he's going to be good in the pros. Plus he had, you know, he was the starter also all four years at Cincinnati. Like, you know, this was a guy that had been there a while. Like, this wasn't like, you know, he kind of just had, like, you know, inherited a starter role and, like, blew up in his junior season and then senior season went off. Like, no, he was there for four years. Like, he had plenty of experience in his belt. He was a veteran by the time he left college. So I thought he was pro-ready, just like Kenny Pickett was when they said Kenny Pickett was pro-ready. But it's it's a shame. It's just that, you know, that he's kind of, I mean, he's done it to himself because his play hasn't been great, but he's also in a bad situation in Atlanta. And it's 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 sad because I, I really thought that Desmond Ritter was gonna be as as good as advertised. And it's just it's just it's not it's not seeming that way.
0: Yeah. Alright, let's do our post-credit scene. Our movie of the week is Whiplash 2014. Uh Shane, explain the movie to our viewers, and you have the floor to explain why you chose this movie for us initially two weeks back. I know we decided on Collateral, but I wanted to make sure we got Whiplash for week two. Uh, Decide why you picked this movie for us to watch, or uh, explain why you decided to pick this movie for us, and uh, just give the synopsis and your overall thoughts on the film.
1: You know, I chose this one for a few reasons. Um, For starters, I think it's really unique because it... um, It takes something that is seemingly normal, like playing drums, (laughs) and turns it into this psychological war between these two guys. Um, It's very, it's very intense. I mean, you know, it's it's rare that you have an antagonist figure who's just a music teacher, and yet he's so terrifying. Um you know and I think I just think this movie is really interesting because of the way it creates conflict in um a situation where you normally wouldn't think there would be so much drama <laughs> um and so Essentially, it's this uh, kid named Andrew played by Miles Teller, who is a great young jazz drummer, and he's at this um, music conservatory, and um, he gets into, it's called the studio band, it's like their, their top jazz band run by Fletcher played by JK Simmons and you know it seems great at first but then he finds out that uh Fletcher the teacher is uh psychotic uh, he's psychologically abusive um and physically in some ways as well um and it's just uh you know, and you think, oh, this guy's terrible. But then, you know, you learn more about him. You learn more about both of them. Um, and, you know, just what got them to where they are. And it's like, huh, okay. You know, it's it's, it's a lot more... It's a lot deeper than it maybe seems on the surface. Um, and, you know, another, another thing that I really like about this movie is that everything... Like, every... Every shot... At, you know, every... Lighting set up, every edit, it it, it all just feels intentional. It, you know, it, it doesn't feel like anything was half-assed. It just was like, oh, yeah, okay, you know, just get this coverage of it. It's like, no, it feels like everything was really very carefully planned out, constructed, and placed into this movie. Um, and I, I really appreciate that about it. Um, and there's, you know, there's more in terms of spoilers that we can get into, but I uh, will get to that in a minute. First, I want to hear your guys' overall thoughts.
0: Uh, Brandon, go ahead. You, you had your thoughts about J.K. Simmons, uh, in a much different role. <laughs> um, a very different role. What are your thoughts on his performance and, uh, give us your overall thoughts on the film.
2: It's it's like... I remember you saying... I remember... I forget which one you said. It's uh, it was I remember, Shane who said right. this. Yeah. Oh, right. But, like, you know, how Jacob, Jacob Simmons is basically uh, playing J. Jonah Jameson just without the humor. Uh, and it's like, I, I see that wholeheartedly in this movie. And let me just say, first things first, I love Miles Teller. He's an Eagles fan. He was born and raised in Philadelphia. So... uh. You always see him at games and stuff. Like he's a legit diehard Eagles fan. Um, but this movie, and see, for me, it's hard when you talk about kind of drama movies or psychological movies like this. When it's like, it's it's one of those things where I'm either a love it or hate it kind of guy. And this one, kind of, it's weird. This is like the first one where it's like it kind of falls in the middle. I like it. I don't hate it. But I don't love it like everybody else seems to. I like it, but there's like a couple things I'm kind of just like nitpicky about. And I guess maybe that's why my like that's why I gave it like a seven out of ten if I had to rate it, just because the runtime I feel like was a little too short for a movie like this, and because it feels like especially the second half of it, like it feels I feel like the first half built up a lot, and the second half kind of really crammed a lot in. Um, and then I also kind of have a little bit of like an issue with the whole character of Nicole like she was just in it and then she was gone
0: yeah, same with the like, parents same with the parents
2: like I feel like that those things weren't explored more like they should have been like it, it kind of got it kind of if that's the one kind of criticism I have with the movie is like it feels like it wanted I know that it was like you know, hinting at little subtle things in Andrew's life. And it was showing how things weren't perfect in his personal life, as well as his trying to be, like, professional life. But it feels like they should have explored a little bit more on the personal side of things that that lead to the frustrations in the musical side of things in the movie. Like, so I kind of have a little bit of issue of how they kind of just... The, the supporting cast outside of J.K. Simmons and Miles Teller, it felt like it was a little bit on the skimpy side. Uh, But I do like how the one scene that was really cool to me, that she kind of... And it it speaks to Miles Teller's character, Andrew. It speaks to the resilience of his character throughout the movie. When they're sitting at the dinner table, and they're praising the kids for being involved in things that are kind of more what you expect a, an 18, 19 year old kid, to, or whatever it is, a high, or a high school senior kid, whatever it is, to be involved in, like, star quarterback. They were talking about his game, but they weren't interested in Andrew's life at all. And it pissed him off. And it was like, he had every right to be because nobody cared about, about him. And then when he finally spoke up at the table and got pissed off and walked away, they all kind of they didn't understand why. They kind of got like all pissy back at him. Uh... Like, you could see, like, that was kind of frustrating for him, and I like that because that frustration, he kind of channeled it into his drumming throughout the movie, and he just kind of fueled his fire even more, but that's also what made him more resilient to prove, basically to prove everybody wrong. He had to prove his, his own family wrong. He had to prove his instructor wrong, his classmates wrong. Everybody had doubts in him uh, at one point or another in the movie. So I do like that, that it's it's kind of like almost a tale of resilience. Throughout the whole thing. That's why that ending scene is so good. That is honestly what made this movie go from a 5 to a 7. In my eyes. Was the very... The last 15 minutes of that movie were so good. That... Because when when you see a performance like that... At the end. Where he could have easily just given up. Walked out after basically being fooled. Lied to like that. By Fletcher. Um and then just coming back and ripping off a drum solo like that, flipping the script on him and then change, and then changing his mind about everything up to that point about like, you know, because remember throughout the movie, like Fletcher keeps doubting like he knows that Andrew's talented, but he's like, he's like, you'll never be kind of like these guys. The, the other grits that he had mentioned throughout the movie, just because it just didn't, it, you know, it wasn't consistent enough in there. And then obviously for him to rip that off at the end was absolutely phenomenal and it, like, like i said this movie would have done more from a longer run time and if it just would have delved more into the personal stuff more that's where i probably would have went i probably would have changed my mind from like a seven to like an eight and a half it, it, or like a nine it would have been like one of those things because it's like i know a lot of people love this movie it's got like what what's the rotten 94, tomato? like, I cre- tomatoes it's a 94 yeah like i know critics. i know people love it but to me it should have been just a little bit longer like instead of an hour and like 40 minutes minus credits this would have done well if it was an over two hour movie. I feel like
0: I don't mind your criticisms of it. Honestly, I really don't.
1: Hmm. That's really my, my one issue with it is just that the outside of the main two guys, everyone else just sort of feels like, um, like plot devices. Yeah. Just background. Right. And yeah, I think even if it was like, 10 maybe 15 minutes longer just to flesh out some of those things it would be even better obviously but still i i mean i was obviously very happy with what what we did get <laughs> um but yeah
0: i'm gonna be overall very controversial i don't like miles teller as an actor and it didn't really change
2: i don't either yeah <laughs> i don't
0: like him as I an want. actor at all
2: yeah, I love him for being an Eagles fan, but it's it, every movie he seems like he's just playing another version of himself. Like I, that's what I get from him. He's also
1: he's also just um I know from people who know him <laughs> he's not the best guy. Um <laughs> Yeah, I've heard which, stories. Yeah. Yeah. Uh I'll be but.
0: honest, I watched him play Mr. Fantastic in that fucked up movie oh Band god Forestick.
3: oh
0: so i went from that to this and i've never seen miles teller shot shot like he's the perfect casting for this character he's perfect like it's perfectly cast but at the same time he's just too shy too weird it's kind of what i said about jamie fox except jamie fox i know is not like it worked right like but this worked you're still entertaining still right it worked but it still wasn't perfect like and and that's kind of how i feel about this one it works to it to its perfection but any other movie miles teller does minus i guess top gun maverick because i thought he was actually pretty good in that i i just don't like him as an actor um you know can, go ahead right, rob go ahead Not no, well go.
2: It you know what this movie felt like to me now that I'm thinking about it a little bit more when you talk about his character in this movie? This felt something of almost like the Joker. Where a little bit like like where the character is very awkward, very shy I mean for different reasons, but very awkward, very shy, very like outcasty, but there's like but there's a desire in him to be greater than what he is. And there's a, and then like he's kind of not stopping until he gets to that point, point. and eventually it's it's you know this whole movie psychological just like that movie is you know obviously duh but in a
0: much different way but yeah.
2: yeah but it it almost like I, I can see some I'm not saying it is the Joker obviously but the parallels I can kind of see in their character arc is is really interesting like you know how much further can you be pushed. Until you become something other than what you you were, so it's like I think, yeah, that's where I yeah you know, I I can kind of and you know, that's why I feel bad for people that ha, like play like you know weird, those kind of like those weird characters, shy characters. I feel bad for those kinds of characters because it's just like it's the character is is a little bit funky, and that like a lot of movies can be make can be can be you know make or break with those kinds of characters in the movie. Like this one was obviously a, a make. You know, the Joker was controversial, but that was a make. But it's like, you know... I, but you know what, though? A lot of people can relate to characters like that. That's what makes movies like this, and, like, the joke I mean, the Joker is controversial as it was, but same thing with this, having a little bit of controversy in it. That's what makes these movies, I think, also stand out to people. is because there's a lot of relatability in them. It's a lot of human aspects to it. So that's, like... I can see the intrigue, even though I wasn't personally a fan of, of this movie. As, or not, I shouldn't say not a fan, but not as on a high level as, as most people were.
0: Shane, what do you feel about that comparison in a different way with, with Joker and Miles Teller's character?
2: Well,
1: it's not bad. Although, I have a much better one.
2: <laughs> Which is?
1: Go, um, ahead. Go ahead. Black Swan.
2: Yeah, that's actually good. I haven't good seen one. it yet. This haven't seen it yet this movie
1: is uh, whiplash and black swan are they're almost interchangeable i feel like for for the first two thirds are almost exact yeah um yep you know different art form obviously and i won't spoil anything in that movie but basically the the biggest difference is instead of, you know, for the third act of this movie, it takes a more positive direction, whereas in that one it's, like, the negative or the negative outcome of the same situation, basically. Um, But I think what's interesting about this movie is something that's actually not even in the movie. It (laughs) It was from the director. The director was asked, what happens after this movie? And he said, well, you know, it seems like a happy ending because he's like he you know, does the solo really well and there, you know, it's like, wow, wow, look at him finally But to Damien Chazelle, the writer and director, this was actually a very dark ending because it meant that he gave up his life, his soul, just to be good for this guy. And yeah. in his mind and in his mind, the character of Andrew did not go on to be a jazz great, but instead he died within like 10 years from an overdose. Um,
0: wow. I, okay, I, I have which, some thoughts on that.
2: Which they hinted at in I the just movie think, too.
0: That's exactly... Wait, I'm right. going gonna, gonna to deep dive into that a little bit more. I think, I think that's I, really I, interesting. I,
1: when I, and when I heard that, it completely changed my perspective of the movie. Um, for the better, but... Still, I was just like, "Whoa!" Because, because when I saw it, I was like, "Yeah, hell yeah, he did, it, you know? he did it. great." But then he explained it that way, and I was like, "Oh, you know what I mean." And it doesn't mean that you know that that your interpretation—or not yours, but just anyone's interpretation—of it being a positive ending is wrong. It doesn't mean that at all. Um, this is just what the what the director envisioned and so anyways yeah but yeah go ahead Robert there's there's a lot
0: of moments like that and I just kind of start from sort of scene to scene and what what hit me the most my favorite scene in the movie my favorite two scenes in the movie actually are the are the like are the two scenes in the beginning in the classroom where he's like he's like who's out of pitch and he goes around and says who's out of pitch oh, and he, yeah I love that one. I love that scene and then and then he so he 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 goes he goes and talks to andrew he's like be calm you know he he missed the meeting with him early in the morning which i think was just a test anyway but like he goes and talks to him like tell me about yourself tell me about the family tell me about this and then he calls him a a no parent fuck or whatever but but before that he's like he's like were you rushing or were you dragging he's and he's like i don't know and then he's like He's, uh, no he, he that bet he throws a chair at him like he's a Wwe fighter almost hits him in the alternate at the time I guess an alternate I would say for, for the scene and then he he's like were you rushing or were you dragging do you know he's like I don't know and then he's like were, and then he makes him count one two three four slap one two, he three, smacks one, him two. he smacks him and then yeah. I, I watched it over and over again to understand like uh Fletcher's perspective and it makes a lot of sense because he's rushing when he's hitting him but he's like, were you rushing? Where He's like, I was rushing. He's like, so you do know the difference. And I just, I was like, oh my God, that just sets this tone. And then the final one that I'll say is in the middle where he's like, this guy, whatever, the the family who, I think he, they're also connected um, in this really interesting way, which I think is kind of hinted at, but not really told. But basically the, the family or whatever, he explains that, uh this guy died in a car accident one of his students died in a car accident and he plays the beginning and sheds a tear of of that the guy's yeah. song and it's this beautiful jazz song and it's awesome and he's like he died in a car accident i thought it was supposed to lift andrew up and then later in the movie andrew also gets massively he gets hit he yeah. gets into a car accident he's rushing like crazy and whatever uh but not only i believe what it was kind of entailed as is that which is it's kind of like a deep cut, but basically what how I understood the car accident seen as the lawyer or whoever when they're talking to him, the father was the the guy who hit him. The father of the kid that died. At least that was yeah. my interpretation of it, which is I think fascinating is just like a deep cut idea where there's we didn't want to punish you or whatever. We just wanted you to know that he passed away because he hanged himself from the abuse. and want you to say it. And he's like, I don't know what to say. Just tell me what I want to say. I love those two things combined because I think it's, it's just such a great kind of deep cut in the film. And also, I think Damon Chazelle's just pure anger is out, the director, because... As I read more into the film, he wrote this entire... He wrote it as a short film and then originally it became a long-form feature film with some money. Sony Pictures classics involved, things like that. But he basically said, I wrote this movie because I was angered that studios didn't want to pick up La La Land. And La La Land is by far his best film. I think even over this, in my personal opinion. But it's just... it. And then also, just really quickly, thinking about these three films... Three films that I've seen from Jamin Chazelle. La La Land, Whiplash, and Babylon. And how these are all three passion projects of his. And the first two are very music-centric and very much like cerebral and condensed and focus on these sort of character developments. And then Babylon is just three hours of off-the-wall coke and porn with ice sculptures. (laughs) And it's just like this, like, it's just it's so weird the difference between all these films and and my favorite one of my favorite stories ever time about movies uh with you shane is that you told me that you read the script of babylon a year before it came out so can you tell that story really quick to our audience because i love that story
1: um yeah and basically it i got access to it um via someone in the union won't say who um but um what did i tell you you basically in particular you, you basically i can't you, bas- remember.
0: you basically told me that you read it you read like the first four pages of it and you just went what the fuck is this
1: oh yeah yeah pretty much um yeah i mean it didn't it, it was hard to believe that it was from him you know
0: yeah and that's how i um, feel after watching both of these movies and then thinking about babylon it doesn't make sense right at all
1: he also did uh first man the neil armstrong i biopic, have to watch that i haven't seen it also either. did not feel like him at all
2: <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: um but yeah anyways
2: you know what i um, you know what i found well no go ahead well, no, I'm sorry. i mean you you.
0: no it's okay go ahead brandon
2: you know what I was thinking of when we were... And th- I didn't actually realize this. Maybe, maybe this is maybe too far of a connection. In Whiplash, like, just something like that, That you know, to a little a nod towards what is being, you know, shown in the movie with the whole rushing and dragging thing. If you ever notice, like, uh, the one scene where he wakes up late for the meeting, that can be portrayed as him dragging because he's still asleep and things like that. He's yes. you know, struggling to... The- he's Not struggling to get so his his that. day together but then also whenever he but they also remember like throughout there's, also, there's like so there's several scenes of him dragging especially like him being the shy quiet kid so he's same thing with him trying to get a date with nicole the way he's kind of speaking is kind of dragging out the point yeah. instead of getting straight to it so there's a lot of dragging and rushing in the movie yeah. Which I thought was something cool that I actually didn't realize until like just like two minutes ago. Yeah, that's but... that's
0: why it's my favorite, one. I think, my overall favorite scene in the movie. I also, oh my god, I kind of lost my train of thought on that. But like, oh, there was one thing I was going to say. Um, it's just, I, yeah, like, uh, man, I'm missing my point. Oh, there we go, I remembered it. My favorite part, of, my favorite just overall aesthetic part of this movie was blood. I loved it yeah yeah that was loved that that he's working so hard that he's literally bleeding and one of the things that damon chazelle said was on the final day of filming they filmed that scene where he has to go really crazy in the drums and he actually started bleeding miles teller and everyone was like so proud and miles was really proud of that moment which shows like kind of like his growth in the movie as a drummer because that's part of why he got the part is because he drummed in high school or whatever obviously he had a drum double but i i just love and they've showed the blood like they showed the aesthetic of the blood that's very purposeful it's edited very well as you mentioned shane i think that's one of the best parts of of this film is the cinematography the editing every shot is very purposeful i that's one thing i just fell in love with this movie
1: I think my favorite scene was when they ran into each other at that jazz club. Oh yeah. my God. And, and, um, you know, I mean, there's just, there was so much, it was weird because you know. then afterwards when they're sitting there talking, it's like, it's so like, they seem cordial, but there's so much tension under the surface. You yeah. Know? And, um, I just, the thing that I really liked about that scene in particular was that was where you, you really started to understand why Fletcher was doing what he was doing. Whether or not he was telling the truth is a question mark. I mean, I don't know. He might have just been bullshitting him just to get sympathy or whatever. Um, which is, I mean, that's a whole other conversation, but, um, but then, you know, Assuming he's telling the truth, it's it was that moment when I kind of realized I was like, these guys really aren't that different. I mean, they are, but it's, you know, like, they they both want essentially the same thing. He wants to be one of the greats, and he wants to bring up a great. There you go. You know what I mean? And so... The fact that you have uh, both of them coming together, um, wanting that, <laughs> leads to the situation you got. And you know, you can just see it as the film goes on. I, I, one thing I noticed: we were talking about uh, wardrobe last week. Uh, Andrew's costume gets progressively darker as the movie yeah. goes on. Oh, yeah, he I, starts I know it starts out in white.
2: I noticed he that. starts
1: out he starts out in a white t-shirt it's been like in that first scene it is uncomfortably bright his t-shirt. And then finally the last shot he's in all black for the jazz concert. Yeah. Um. And you know, that kind of happens as it goes through. Um. But anyways, and so, yeah, I just, you know, and you can s- slowly see him giving into that, anger that Fletcher has too, you know, where he's, um, you know, he's practicing and his hands bleeding and he messes up and he punches his snare drum and, you know, all that kind of thing. So, um, yeah, anyways, (sighs) that's, yeah, I like that scene, but, um,
2: it's also, You know what's crazy, too, uh, that that's, like, when we we're talking about the whole blood thing, like, but I love how by the last scene, when they show the symbol, it's all sweat. It's not blood.
3: Yeah. If
2: you, that, that Ooh. I found, I, I don't know why, I don't know why, like, it's just, that's something really, I, you know, usually in movies you know, you see changes like that, especially in, like, drama, psychological movies, you'll see you'll see a lot of changes like that, where there's a certain thing that keeps getting repeated throughout the movie, and then eventually by the last scene, it changes. So it's nothing new. That's something that happens in those kind of movies, but it it never strikes me as being dull or repetitive whenever I see a scene like that. It's, like, because you always just want the... the the underdog to come out on top, and it's, it's weird that, um... Because sometimes in those movies it doesn't happen. Like in Black Swan, it 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 is a whole different kind of ending. But it's like in, yeah. in this, like like this movie or Joker, <laughs> yeah, or the Joker. Well, the Joker you can look at it as both a positive and a negative. That movie kind of ends neutral in some ways. True. Yeah. Um. But like for, like for him, it's a positive. But for society as a whole, it's a negative. Um. <laughs> but at the same time, like. There, there there's nothing about this movie that was bad but it's just like it's one of those i think i have to i'd have to rewatch to pick up like certain things i missed like i, I knew about the whole dress thing dress always strikes me in a movie so a dress i'm always picking up on that i'm always picking up on on different things i just i i just can like i know we said it so long ago at this point but like i just cannot get over the fact that all the supporting characters just didn't feel like support they just felt like like extras yeah, and that just kind of that just like yeah, plot like, devices. Like it just feels well. Yeah, it just it just feels like like uh, like I I have to question this because it's it wasn't a bad role and it wasn't badly acted, but the character of Nicole is just it just seems like it's so useless to this movie.
0: Yeah, there's supposed to be like a dichotomy of both the characters, but it doesn't feel that way.
2: Like it's 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 like. And I just don't get the end... I, well, I, I get the end of, of her having a boyfriend. But, like, I don't understand... Like, what's the point of even bringing her into the movie if she was only in for, what, maybe four scenes? And and they didn't really reveal anything about her? Or or anything that's that really, like, you know, helpful to the main story? Like, it's it's like... It just felt like there wasn't a purpose. I mean... I mean, the purpose was kind of to show how how his life is deteriorating, but at the same time, like she needs to serve a better purpose than just being that. Like it just felt very empty. Her character felt very empty.
3: Yeah, and that's
2: and I think that's what like in general, that's what I'm trying to tie it all back into. Like I think I left it as much as like everybody loves it, I left feeling unsatisfied at the end of it, because oh, I'm like I wanted to know what happens, and not just pat- why like. It almost felt like, like you know, movies feel like... empty. Like, this was Empty Calories in a good way. Whereas, you know, because everybody talks about, you know, movies being Empty Calories and things like that in a bad way. But, like, this felt like Empty Calories. Even though it was a good movie, it felt like Empty Calories because it's just, like, it didn't... It didn't satisfy enough. Yeah. I mean, not that it, not that it had to, because I'm sure a lot of people loved it for the reason that... It was just that reason. Like, that ending was sufficient enough. But for someone like me who just needs, not always needs closure, but needs just something more, it felt like it didn't have it. It almost felt like it was hollow by the end of it. I guess. And I don't fully disagree. Honestly, I really
0: don't. I get where you're coming from. Because <laughs> I think those points would have made the movie a lot better. I love the movie in general, but yeah, it's totally something <laughs> I, I hear and I understand where you're coming from with that.
2: Yeah. I, I like... I'm not. I'm. I'm not like. I. I say I'm a movie buff. I love different kinds of movies. I just can't. Sometimes I can't quite articulate what I'm. What I'm trying to get across. Sometimes I'm like. I don't. I don't know how. To, I know there's I better ways that. to describe. There's. Yeah. There's better ways to describe what I'm saying. I just don't know how to do it.
0: No. It. Shame to me. It makes sense, right?
1: Oh, yeah. No. I. I hear you. And yeah. And and I told you guys this, but you know, part of my. Uh, p- part of my love for this movie is, you know, I'm a little biased because I am a, a jazz musician in real life, so I, you know, naturally I was very interested because there aren't very many movies about jazz. Um, so, you know, so that was cool for me, but
2: oh, um, you know, you know how you should have led into this whole segment. You what? should have just said. You should have said. You should have just ask me a rob you like jazz? Do you like jazz? <laughs> Do you
3: like jazz? <laughs> uh, like,
2: nah, or, no, or 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 yeah. or, uh, or the or the now dig on this Spider Man three. <laughs> oh God. God.
3: Um. <laughs>
0: next week we are doing. Uh, I can't mess this up. This is not Tom Cruise's. Beautiful
1: case. day in the neighborhood.
0: A beautiful day in the neighborhood. Uh, from 2019. Um, I'm very excited to watch this. This is what I've been really looking forward to seeing. Um,
2: yeah, we, yeah. we're doing,
0: we're doing this not, not partially cause I keep messing up Tom Cruise and Tom Hanks, but also <laughs> the, the main reason we're seeing, we're watching this is next week's Sunday Night Football, uh, Steelers at home, uh, next. So when we record next week, it will be after that game. So, uh, and Mr. Rogers was a Steelers fan. So why not do his movie adaptation. So that's going to be really, really exciting, and really, really fun. Uh, but thank you, Shane. Thank you, Brandon, for joining me as always. And uh, we'll see you all soon.
2: See you. Take care, yeah. Take care, boys.